This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. I was a rapper in 1989. I don't know how to use this microphone. The unfortunate part is, since I married Dave, I became Italian. I just, if you marry someone, you become their nationality. Now I can't use my arms as much, which probably means I'll be shorter, so you can thank God. Another reason for Thanksgiving today. Uh, We're really glad that you're here today. I'm so glad that you came on this beautiful Thanksgiving morning. Listen, Calgary's having the best weather in all of Canada right now. Ah, you chose the right place to live or the right place to visit this weekend. Um, God is so good to us. You can go have a, listen, if you didn't do it, uh, oh, now we got two mics going, do we? Okay, no. It's okay, okay. Uh, If you didn't do a turkey, listen, you can just go get some burgers after the service and say you're having Thanksgiving burgers today because you knew it was going to be warm like that. Um, This morning, we're going to continue in our series, Missio Dei. Uh, Missio Dei simply is a Latin word, meaning the mission of God. What is, and the question we're asking ourselves is, what is the mission of God? Because it would be important that if we understood the mission of God, that that should actually affect how we go about living our daily lives. And last week we looked at the creation story and we asked ourselves, what was God's mission from the beginning of time? And I, and I told you how uh, often I would think about, like, why did God make us anyways? Have you ever thought about yourself on a Monday morning when you roll out of bed and you look amazing? Like, what, what was God thinking? Uh, and when we look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26... It said this, God blessed them and said to them, these are the first words that God spoke to anybody in creation, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And so we saw last week from this scripture that God's intent from the beginning was to have us multiply, was to scatter us. He wasn't about Adam and Eve just staying in their little garden, making a little garden house and I don't know, picking fruit all day. He, he was about scattering, and he was about them ruling over his kingdom, not their own kingdom, over his kingdom. And we see that this pattern continues. By the way, God is a God of patterns. This is why um, when you read the Old Testament, um, it, it's amazing to read God's word from Genesis to Revelation because we actually can find patterns about how God works. And the same way that God worked in Genesis is the same way God's working today. He's asking us to multiply ourselves. God is about growing his kingdom. God is not into small parties. Apparently, he's into big parties. He wants all, that all would come to him. He's about us going all over the place. This is why part of our vision says that we want to train people to do extraordinary things for Jesus. So I hope, my prayer as your pastor, is that God would call you to do big things for him. Parents, my prayer for for many of your children is that they'd come to you someday and say, God's called me to do this here. God's called me to go to an unreached nation and be an engineer there. God's called me. Listen, we are about the scattering because scattering means that God's word is taken. It's taken all over the world. And, And we're called to rule God's kingdom, not our kingdom. Every day you get up in the morning, you remember that you've been given power and authority. Uh, This is what God wants for us. And um, now it's our job as the people of God to continue in that. The thing is, though, this rule, can we just have that slide, this rule, uh, scatter, multiply, n- nobody was very good at this in the, New- the Old Testament. In fact, the Old Testament's like a master class on how many people can you have being bad at this, but this mission? 
And in fact, in the New Testament, when Jesus came, Jesus was the first person to ever do the mission of God with any amount of clarity. Um, Luke chapter 4 says Jesus is talking about his own mission, and he's using really missional language here. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me, there's that sending word, the scattering idea, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Matthew 4:33. it says, Jesus went, okay, so he didn't just stay, he went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, again, ruling over the kingdom of God and healing every disease and sickness among people. And then in John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus says, it's a really interesting thing, Jesus, it says, gave them the answer. He said, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. This is a wild scripture. Because Jesus, we believe that Jesus was God. And yet here he says in John chapter 5, I can only do what I see the father doing. So the question for us is how much more for us? Should we be doing what the father does? Every action that Jesus did was on mission. And this is amazing to think because you and I, I mean, if you're anything like me, you've got like 17 missteps before it's 9 o'clock in the morning. I know some of you had the alarm go off this morning and you just snoozed it because it looked nice out. That was the excuse you gave yourself and your bed felt so cozy. Yeah, uh, You know, as humans, we have so many missteps, but Jesus, in fact, painted this beautiful picture of what it meant to be somebody that followed Jesus with all of their actions with all of his uh, being. Jesus lived out the mission of God. But the amazing thing is about the New Testament is that the mission of God didn't end with Jesus. It's not like God said, and there you have it, somebody who did it perfect. No, in fact, the mission of God, theologically in the New Testament, is transferred from Jesus to us. And, and actually, uh, Jesus actually believes we can do it. And here's our theme verse for today, John 20, 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, I think it's amazing that Jesus says, peace be with you. <laughs> it's like kind of like we needed that at the beginning. He needed to say to us, listen, listen, you all who are going to be uptight about this, you all who think you can't do it, all of you who said I'm not good at like talking with my mouth, I can't, I can't do anything right. Jesus says, listen, shh, peace. In fact, do you, do you know when you're, if you have kids or you've been around children or perhaps you've been at a basketball tournament like I was this week, and it was so loud. And I realized that my, my tolerance for loudness went down after three years of COVID. Did anybody have this? And I know that we are supposed to be over it by this time, but I would like to declare to you I'm not over it. Kids were bouncing their balls, and I was in psychological warfare with five-year-olds. I was looking at them. You know when you stare at a five-year-old? Like, I am looking at you. Pick up that ball. If your mother won't tell you, I will with my raised eyebrows. What I really wanted to say today was, peace be with you all. Everyone pick up their balls. And when I read this, this letter of Jesus saying, peace be with you, he knew the anxiety that this would cause. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. 
Now, I think when we read that, we think, yeah, he was really talking about Billy Graham in that moment. Somebody very godly who never hits the snooze button. <laughs> no, but Jesus actually, when we read the word of God, what, what we actually need to know is that the you there is specific to you. I, I want you to hear the voice of God today saying this to you, peace be with you. Whatever the storm is you're facing in your life, whatever messed up business you're having to deal with today, Jesus speaks these words to you, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Question becomes for us, you're like, where am I sent to? What? Where, what am I supposed to do? And so that's what I want to talk about today. How do we actually live on mission? How do we, how do we follow the missio day of God in our day-to-day -day lives? Um, the first thing that's, I think, really important for all of us to do is this, identify where we are. Identify where we are. Jesus was very clear about where he was and what he was called to do. In this, there's a really interesting story in Matthew chapter 15. And um, scholars and theologians have actually found this scripture to be a little bit tricky. Uh, there's a Canaanite woman who comes to Jesus. And Jesus says to her, she says, can you heal? And he says, well, listen, I'm not called to you. I'm called to the lost sheep of Israel. What? We didn't think about that one today. What is, what is Jesus doing here? Isn't that kind of me? Now, in the end, in the end, in this story in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus does heal the woman. He heals her. Brings healing. But, but the question we have to wrestle with is, Jesus knew who he was called to and who he was not. Jesus knew exactly where he was supposed to be in the minute. Now, some, some of us, listen, we're here, but we're not. We just actually haven't identified where we are at all. Parents, I want to tell you that your first mission, your first mission is to your children. This is, this is the time of life that you're in right now. If you have little kids, or, or so, increasingly for some of us, if you have adult kids, you're still called to them. Our mission, our first and primary mission, is to our families. The place that God has placed you in for a job. I know you hate your job and you, you wish you had a different job. But identify where you are. God has called you there. You are there. That's, that's where God has placed you. You know, in the 1980s, uh, church life was wild. Like, uh, you could go to church every night of the week and it still wouldn't be enough. You might be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I could sing the whole days of the week. Uh, and, and kids, what happened was parents were at prayer meetings and kids were like, I don't know, at home. And, and, and statistically, we, we lost whole swaths, we lost whole generations of kids because parents thought their ministry was to the church and not to their families. And I want to call us to be a church that's healthy in every way. So of course, we're going to have things like Revive Night once a week. And I pray that you'll find a small group that feeds your family and feeds your soul. But our first mission... Our first missio day is to our families. Now, um, some of you would think, um, like, I just, I just ended up here by accident, or I got that job by accident, or I'm unemployed by accident, or I live on the street that I am, or with the neighbors that I live with by accident. And the mission of God uh, causes us to rethink that, makes us rethink that you are where you are for a reason. God has placed you here for a reason. 
The unit you work in in the hospital, you're there for a reason. God has a plan for you. The mission of God means that nothing is wasted. And, and this can, this can um, give us great peace. Did you ever made a decision that you just said, ooh, I think I made the wrong decision. Dave and I, uh, when we first, our second assignment in ministry, we were sent um, to Hong Kong. And I know we got a lot of people from Hong Kong here today. And uh, I got there, and I realized I was terrible at, at Cantonese. Like, I am the world's worst. Can't, Dave is even shaking his head yes, in agreement. He's about to say amen. I tried for nearly two hours to say the word orange. I still could not say it. The person teaching it to me was like, I, I'm just going to tell you I don't think you can learn this language. <laughs> and I quoted back to him, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he said, I don't think Christ Jesus wants you to speak this language. <laughs> I was truly, if, you're, if you've ever learned, tried to learn, if you speak another language here today, I, I am slow clapping for you. Because I only could say the wrong words at the wrong time. I mean, it was so bad that people that didn't speak English, when I'd be in a taxi, the man would just say, just speak English. I don't know what you're saying. And I couldn't figure out for the life of me why God had... I talk for... And by this time, I knew that I talked for a living. I talk for a living, and now I can't talk to anybody. I can just do... I was terrible at drama, and I am a full-time charades person. And I'm not good at charades. I'm not even good at the mind box. Just, you saw that, didn't you? I could practice. I was mad. Why am I here, God? I've sold everything I have for you. Why are we here? And I'm sweating. Because, like, we had gone out. We'd, I'd gone to every church on the side of the planet and said, God has called us. And, and I raised money. Now I can't even say orange. Let alone, will you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And Like, I couldn't righteousness. No, there was going to be no theological discussions here. I couldn't even say orange. And I was distraught. Maybe you've been there before. Maybe you've been in a place where you thought you were being obedient to God and it got you, wound you up in some kind of a mess. And you feel like, God, I can't do your mission. Like, I'm here and I don't, I don't understand anything. Like, I, I thought by saying yes to that marriage that that was going to be the right thing and it imploded in my face. I will tell you that with God, nothing is lost. You are where you are for a reason. And our God, the same God that parted the Red Sea, is able to make sense and send you on mission, even when it seems like everything's a hot mess. He is able to take that. I, I am uh, so glad for the experiences that haven't made sense in my life, at least to me. We, we sang this today. We're like, we're thankful when, it doesn't, when we don't understand it. That was, I'm giving you a weird paraphrase of the song. And I was thinking, that's so great in hindsight, isn't it? When it all makes sense, it's really hard when nothing is making sense. Like, I don't know. I, I want to assure you today, it might seem like you're in a mess right now, but God is going to make sense of it. He is a God that makes sense. We, we just have to lean in and say, God, I am where I am for a reason. So I'm getting up this morning and I'm going to praise you. I'm getting up this morning and I'm going to believe that you have a mission for me, that you have a purpose for me. Second thing uh, that we have to do if we're going to be on mission is we have to invest where we are. Um, Acts 10.38 is this really amazing scripture. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. 
Okay, this word doing good here is a Greek word, and it actually means like, uh, it's not just like, when we think about doing good, some of us, I think, think of Drake's song, God's Plan, we're going to give out groceries to people. I mean, yes and no. Um, but the, for those of you that did not understand what I say, just, just don't worry about it. My 20-year-old my 20-year-old daughter is back right now. I'm trying to be culturally relevant. Just go with me. Just say, yes, you are culturally relevant, Jess. Okay. Uh, the, the word doing good, it means benefactor or philanthropist. It means investing in others. So the scripture actually means that Jesus went around investing in others. He, he went around being a philanthropist to others. Now, we know that he did that as he healed people. But we know that he did that as he reminded people of who they were. And you know, um, Pastor Harmon's talking about this um, financial class. If you have investments, you know this. You can't be like on Monday. I'm going to invest my money in a stock. Also on Tuesday, I'm going to take the money out and spend it. That is the world's worst financial strategy. With investment, you have to be in it for the long haul, yes? You can't say, the, the parents that got up here with their children this morning... Lulu, you can't just say to Nikolai, we're going to invest in you for a whole nine months of your life. Then you're on your own. That would be terrible. But some of us, we want to do the mission of God and invest in people in that kind of way. So like, I'll just see where the wind blows me. No, Jesus went around doing good, investing in people, actually leaning in, putting roots down places. I want to call you to be people that invest in the people around you. Not, not just like a little shallow... You, you know, the world doesn't need shot, shotgun evangelism where we just accost people that we do not know, that we have no idea what they're like. Like, unless God's given you a real direct word from God, don't do shotgun evangelism. Invest in people. This is what Jesus did. He leaned into people. He got to know them. He actually built relationship with them. And this is why, uh, it, and the word investment here, this Greek word, it means that like you had to give something up. So in a couple of weeks when we start the warming center, um, we've had a week this week. I, I, I'd ask you to pray for us. We're looking for uh, money from the city. And I have just, in great transparency, the this, this city has asked us to do an extra month of the warming center, which we're happy to do. And then they're also happy to give us less money than they gave us last year. <laughs> okay, so... Um, this, the word of God is relevant to us all the time. Here's how I know God's in it, though. When you were coming in today, some of you who came in a little bit late, you probably had a bit of a hard time getting a parking spot. And it's partly because you saw a big sea can, a big container there. Did you see that as you came in? It's chock full with stuff. I know the spirit of God is on this. Chock full of stuff. Just so happened that the sea can, the people that uh, owned the sea can were Christians. And said to us, we're going to give you that sea can so that you can pack it up and give it out. And we've got socks coming at our ears there. And we've got all kinds of things. It's amazing. The favor of God's on us. But that does not mean... Not, now, if I had a cheap view of investment, what I would say is, well, I guess it's just not going to work out this year. Oh, well, on to something new. No. But I believe God's called us to invest, to actually lean in and invest. And that takes time. And there will be bumps in the road. I'm going to tell you, if you've got bumps in your road right now, it doesn't mean that you're not on mission for God. It just means there's bumps. And it means you got to lean a bit harder. It means you got to ask God for a bit more faith. you got to actually, like, lean into the things of God. So let me ask you this. The people who you work with every day, do you know about them? Do you know about their kids? Do you know about their lives? 
Do you know about your neighbors? Do you know about the struggles that they're going through? This is what investment looks like. You see, in our culture, next is often the enemy of now. Because we think to ourselves, I, I will get really involved in the mission of God when I'm done my degree. Except for then you get a job. And um, I will do that when we have all these whens. Next is often the enemy of now. I want to call us to be a now people that say now, right now. What can I do? How can I invest? How can I lean into the mission of God? Enjoy the middle season. I mean, this is not a very popular um, refrain. We, we want triumph. And particularly in our stream of the church, we are always in danger of being triumphalists, meaning that like it's not good and God's not in it unless we're like on the top of the mountain. And of course, I love being on the mountain. I would have loved to stand up here today and say the city gave us triple the amount of money that we need to run the warming center. But instead, I'm sitting, standing here today in the middle season saying, I don't know how we're going to get the money. We're God's going God's to provide it. I believe God's going to provide it. But even in the middle season, we must learn what it means to be on mission. We cannot just say, like, I, I whatever, I'm having a hard time right now, God, therefore I'm just not going to be on mission with you. The mission of God never changes. Your circumstances might, may change. Your financial balance may change. Your life story might change. But God's mission never does. And this is why, and Jesus said, knowing that your life would have ups and downs, said, peace be with you. I know you got stuff. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Nowhere is an accident. And then finally, we, we have to learn to trust who you are. Trust who you are. Now, as I wrote this all week long, I was thinking this sign, it sounds humanistic. I wanted to write, trust who you are with the Holy Spirit. And then I thought, I'm going to write, trust who you are. Because I, I actually believe if God's called you, the Holy Spirit resides in you. And so, in fact, what we must do is trust who God has made us to be. We, we actually, there are no duds in the kingdom of God. That's how I know you're all amazing people. Because God doesn't call losers. There, there's no subpar people in the kingdom of God. It's not like he looks at us and rates us like you're a 10. You just squeaked in. You're like a 1.5. You're a negative 5, so we'll just have to work a little bit. No, no, no. Trust, you, you, when it comes to the mission of God, you have to trust who you are. I want us to read that same scripture from Acts chapter 10 again with a different emphasis on it. How Jesus anointed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good. So that's that doing good, that's the philanthropist there, investing people and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. I want to say emphatically to you today that God is with you. In Matthew chapter 28, it's the Great Commission, great and um, famous verse, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to do everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. This is the promise of the Father, that you are not alone. This is why we can lean into the mission of God. This is why you can be mixed up and still be on mission. 
this is why God can actually use you. Because you can have everything messed up, and God will still use you. It's not because of you, actually, in the first place. It's because the Holy Spirit is working in you. This is why I would like to say it's a linear, like, and I pray everybody, I pray all of you would say yes to Jesus and yes to Jesus transforming you and yes to Jesus allowing you to live in freedom because God wants you to have that abundant life. But it is not, listen, his using you on mission is not conditional. It's not, it's not like, well, when you get these four things lined up, then we'll see if we got an assignment for you. We say yes to Jesus. The Holy Spirit partners with us. And then we are on mission. This is why none of us have to feel like, I, like none of you can go to sleep right now. You can't be like, well, I'm too messed up, so I'll wait till I'm sort of figured out. Sometimes, I, I, you know, I know in the media, they'll have like these big things where they say like, such and such a pastor or such and such a person proclaimed to be a Christ follower and then they messed up. And I guess everything they did was a wreck. I always just think, that's like a great sign that God uses wrecked up. He used a donkey in the Old Testament. So, I mean, he wants to put your life on mission. And somehow, listen to me, somehow that mission often helps sanctify us. It often helps disciple us. It often helps us remember that God is good. Now, that, that's not, an, listen to me, I, it's not an excuse for us to say, oh, I'll just act how I want and God will use me. No, no. We actually want to come in line with all the things God has for us because I, I want to live in freedom. I don't know about you. I don't want to live in shackles. I don't, I don't want to live with my life sort of like this. But I know even if I did, God would still use me. God will still use you. And so we can say yes to God in all of his abundance. Okay. Acts chapter 1. Now, I grew up in the church. I've read this scripture at least 1,000 times. But I read it this week in a new way, and I, I want you to read it with me like this. Acts 1, 6 to 8. And they gathered around him. This is, by the way, just before Jesus is about to ascend to heaven. It says the disciples, they all gathered around him. Well, imagine Jesus is de dead. Now he's alive. You're a disciple. And you think now is our chance. Okay. They gathered around him, and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel because the disciples think great he's risen from the dead he's going to overthrow Rome everybody's going to die and we're going to be living okay and Jesus does not respond like he always does he surprises them and he said it's not for you to know the times or the dates the father is set by his own authority but you I never noticed the but you but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. The disciples were asking, Father, are you going to do it? Jesus, are you going to do it? Are you going to overthrow Rome? Are you going to like make the world a better place? Are, are you going to do it? And Jesus says, no, you're going to do it. When you receive power after the Holy Spirit comes on you, this is amazing. Jesus is transferring. He's transferring authority and power from himself to us. This is why I say there's, there's no duds in the kingdom of God. You can square your shoulders. If you've said yes to Jesus, you can square your shoulders back because theologically, we believe that God chose you. You are not just here by accident. Nothing is an accident. God chose you. And he believes, but you will receive power. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit. When we talk about being on mission with God, 
John 20, 21, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And you know, every day we get up, we have this opportunity to say, God, you've sent me. What do I get to do? What doors are you going to open for me today? What people are you going to put across my path? How are you going to wake me up in the night tonight, God, with visions and dreams for you? And Jesse, one of our kingdom partners is here. And Jesse, you're going back to, he's going to, going to Sierra Leone. Three weeks? Yeah. So Jesse is a man that just said, yes, Jesus, how, do, how can you use me? And that doesn't mean we go without fear or trepidation. Like I think we talked about this, right? I think when we say yes to Jesus, to his mission, there's fear and trepidation, but we still say yes. Because John 20, 21 says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Not me, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is the promise we have. And I have seen, we were singing this song that he's a wonder-working God, and I was thinking back over all the people that I've seen in my lifetime, God move in and through. So you can't tell me that God won't do it. He will. If we'll say yes to him. He says yes. He's already said yes to you. He's already said yes to you. All we have to do is step into that. I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet this morning. Maybe you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus. Or maybe you said yes to Jesus a long time ago, but like feels like so long ago you can barely remember it. Today I want to invite you into this amazing life that we can have in him, where when we say yes to him, he breathes on us. And you're no longer just like you walking around. You're you with God living inside of you. Which is an amazing and mind-blowing idea today, I want to give you just an opportunity to say, yeah, Jesus, I, I, I want to say yes to you. We just bow our heads and close our eyes just for a minute. God is here in this place. Some of you have never said yes to Jesus, but today's your day. On this Thanksgiving day, this is the day that you say, yes, Jesus, I want you in my life, not just as an idea, but as a personal savior you today. I, I just, I want to encourage you. We're going to pray a prayer together, and I want to encourage you just to pray this prayer out loud. I'm going to ask everybody to say this prayer just for the sake of the person on your left and right. We say this prayer not because we believe it's magical in any way, but we say it because Romans 9 and 10 tells us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that we'll be saved. I believe that God wants to come and do a lot of saving in these days. Can we just pray this prayer? Could you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I confess that I have messed up. I ask that you'd forgive my sin. I believe you rose from the dead. And that you want me to live with you as the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. There are others of you today who need to say yes to the mission of God. Maybe you've never thought about yourself as being on mission. You just thought of yourself as a Christian who comes to church on Thanksgiving. I want to commission you 
to be people that follow after the mission of God. To get up in the morning and say, God, I get to, I, I get to be on mission with you. And so, God, I pray that you'd bless your people to scatter, to multiply, and to rule over your kingdom. I pray that, God, the holy confidence would rise up in each one of us. You have called us for such a time as this. It is not by accident that we are any of the places that we are. As we go about our classes and our jobs and in our neighborhoods and in our city, God, I pray that you'd set up divine appointments for us to be bearers of good news in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.